Welcome to the weekly podcast of Imparten, a teaching resource designed to encourage and equip believers through the faithful exposition of God's Word. Now let's listen to Rodney Brown as we start our new series in the Book of Ruth. Today we're just going to wade into the book. I'm only going to cover seven verses, but I want you to look at three simple points that will help us walk through this sermon. One is wondering. Wondering. Secondly, write down the word tragedy. And then finally, the phrase, a step home. All right, let's look at wondering. As if the judge's reference wasn't enough to bring a dark cloud over the story, look at the rest of the verse. In the time of the judges, there was what? A famine in the land. Now, you get this if you're a Jew. In Israel, famines don't just happen. There's no political lobby or scientists. There's, there's, there's no op-ed pushing on the front page of the Bethlehem Daily Scroll. Climate change, famine coming. Now, you know if you're a Jew that a famine means something much deeper. You, you know from Leviticus 26, listen to this, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments so as to carry them out, then I, being God, shall give you the rains in their season so that the land will yield its produce and the trees of the field will bear their fruit. To have a famine in Israel means that God is purposely withholding rain. That His hand of judgment is on His people. Why? Time of the Judges. Now, during the time of Judges, everyone is doing what is right. We're just going to say this over and over again. In what? Their own eyes. What we have here is an ordinary family doing what is right in their own eyes. Doing what feels right. I imagine, I'll put myself on the spot here, I imagine it's a whole lot in the same way uh, that I've done things that I shouldn't do. Well, you know... After much prayer, Naomi and I feel that we need to do what is best for our family and go to Moab. We feel that the Lord is leading us away from this area of famine to to get a summer home in Moab. I mean, we do that, don't we? I do that. But without scriptural authority, our decisions become legitimized under the guise of, quote, doing what is best for our family. And the fact is, is that though a famine was in the land, Moab was the last place they should have gone. But the fact is, is that they weren't to leave. They weren't to pack up and go to Moab. But you know how we rationalize, right? It's not like I'm leaving Israel. I'm just going over for a little while. It's not like I'm, I'm wandering away. I'm, I'm just... I'm, I'm just over here. I'm not, I'm not far away. I can still see home. I'm just a little while. I'm just taking a break. Moab was not the place to go visit for the summer. It was not the place to buy a timeshare. And it was certainly not the place to leave when your country, your covenant agreement with God was under judgment. This is where the family is going to sojourn. This is where the family is going to, go, going to quote, stay for a little while. After much prayer, after thinking about it, doing what is best for their family, they're completely violating Scripture. That's important to know because of the things that are going to happen. 
but don't miss the place that they are leaving. Where are they leaving? Bethlehem. We don't want to miss that because Bethlehem, as I mentioned, would not only be the birthplace and the home of Israel's greatest king, David, but also the birthplace of Jesus Christ. This is utterly crazy and makes no sense unless you're Elimelech and Naomi and you're letting the growls in your stomach drive your decisions. I'm hungry. I'm tired. It's hard. The kids are whining. We need to do this. I'm not leaving forever. Just for a little while. I'm just going to sojourn. And then I remain there. That's what wandering into sin does, right? We think, well, I'm just going to go over here and just play around a little bit. But then you get over there and you end up playing around a lot. So they remain there. Their sojourning turned into a stay. Their summer home into a permanent residence. And their wandering into sin sadly became a way of life. At this point, we're going to cross into the next point of tragedy, and you're going to see that no matter what their decisions were in sin, your heart is really, really going to go out to Naomi. Verse 3, then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. Things are bad. Verse 4, they took for themselves Moabite women as wives. The name of the one was Orpah, the name of the other, Ruth. And they lived there about ten years. There's hope here, but then there's also some disappointment. Because as a Jew, you're reading this, and puny and piney marry pagan women. You see, not only was there a departure in location, there was also a departure in those who they should marry. And if things can't get any worse, look at verse 5. Malon and Chilion also died. And the woman was bereft of her two children and her husband. And at this point, you have the reality that Naomi is left a widow. She is childless with no hope of an heir, no hope of survival. She's a refugee in a country that hates her. And this family faces extinction. Now look at our third point. Watch how God preserves this woman as she starts the road back. Third point, step home. Those children who wonder, either in volitional sin or because they're attached to someone's personal sin, the only hope is to turn around and go home. The only hope is repentance. And repentance for Naomi and for all of us is not about getting our life in order, not about understanding the whole plan and what you're going to do, but it's simply an about face, turning from your wandering and taking a step towards home. I think one of the greatest examples of this is in Luke 15. We know it by the prodigal son. It's in fact better described as the lost boy. And if you'll remember, after he squandered his money and finds himself sitting in a pigsty, it says in the text, I love how the King James reads, it says, and when he came to himself, he says, quote, I will get up 
and I will go to my Father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and your sight. He had no plan whatsoever. There is no possible way he could get his life in order. He didn't even know what to do, but he knew one thing. He knew the direction home. And he knew who would be waiting there for him. His Father. And even in that, we see God's grace. Look at verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the land of Moab. For she had heard in the land of Moab that the Lord had visited His people in giving them food. You see, she still believed in God. She still knew He was in control. And she knew He heard the prayers of His children. What does it look like for us to point ourselves in the right direction and take a step home? What does your situation specifically look like? Perhaps you've been wondering. That turn probably involves a whole lot of trust, as it did for Naomi. Surely it involves letting go of whatever security. For Naomi, it was her home. It was what she had come to know these last ten years. For sure, it was the sin of her family in turning back. Whatever it is, it is a turn. It isn't about face. It is letting go of what you're holding on to. You see, God won't share His glory. Oh, God could have easily changed Naomi's circumstances. He could have easily continued to provide for her somehow, some way. But see, He didn't want to be part of her plan. He wanted her to be part of His plan. And the same is true for us. You see, God won't enable us when we wonder. He won't somehow conform His plan to ours. He wants us to come home. Not come home in perfection. Not come home righteous. Not come home with a plan. But like the prodigal, to come home in humility. The question is, are you waiting for God to be part of your plan? Or are you willing to be part of His? Maybe you're here today and you've never been home, as it were. Maybe you've never been part of the people of God. Like the rest of us prior to coming to Christ, you've always lived in Moab and you've always lived for yourself. Scripture makes it clear that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That that sin living for ourselves in our own way and for our own plan has earned us the wages of of sin that is death. But the second part of Romans 6.23 says, but the free gift of eternal life is available through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, Jesus Christ took your place on the cross, paid your death penalty, and all God asks is that you come home, that you turn, repenting of your sin, and place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you've never done that, I want to really call you to take account of your soul. Naomi takes one last look at her home, the one she's been in for 10 years. And as her eyes glance over the house, 
and the curtains in the windows she hung, and the garden she planted, and the three graves by the barn. She knows it's time. And as she turns her mount towards Jerusalem, she knows one thing. God is still on His throne. God is still sovereign. And God has heard the cries of His people because she knows that there is food in the land of Judah. Maybe He will hear her cry too. Verse 7 says, She departed from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. We see that word return 12 times in this chapter. It's no coincidence. And as she turns her mount and spurs that donkey on, you can imagine what it was like traveling hour after hour the long road back. And somewhere during the day, hours and hours and miles into the trip, she very quickly pulls the rein up on her donkey. Ruth and Orpha stop. She looks at him with tears in her eyes. And you'll have to come back next week to figure out the rest. We will enjoy this journey together. We hope this podcast has helped you grow in your faith and understanding of God's Word. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. This is imparting.org. Imparting the Word, imparting our lives. For more information about the ministry, or to enjoy more resources, visit us at imparting.org.